spider bell spider bell does whatever spider bell does can he cast this podcast yes he can because he's spider bell hey there there goes the spider bell don't quit your day job Welcome to Panel to Screen. I'm Bo. And I'm Bell. Bell, man, how you doing tonight? Or should I say, I'm Spider Bell? Do you like that? I, I, I thought you might like that. <laughs> you know, it was, it was okay. You've done <laughs> well, better hey, work, man. my friend. I just, I'm just going to say. Well, let me tell you, I'm doing good work right here on the most unnecessary show on the internet. That's right. It's two guys talking about a uh, podcast. No, talking about <laughs> comic books, talking about movies, talking about comic book movies. And of course, this particular week, we are talking about Spider-Man Far From Home. And let me go ahead and say this because, oh my gosh, spoilers, 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 spoilers. Spoilers! Here there be spoilers and ye been warned. Okay, man. So uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just diving straight in. I mean, there's some right. housekeeping items, but we'll save that for the end of the show because honestly, the, there's, the, there's so much I've been like wanting to talk about because this is one of these rare occasions where I got a chance to see the movie like almost a full week before you did. So I've been, I've, I've had the buildup, man. It's, it's time to time to dive in here. <laughs> So going into this movie, let me ask you this. What was your, you know, obviously we've seen Spider-Man in the MCU through Civil War, through Spider-Man Far From Home, the Infinity War, Endgame. We are uh, not Far From Home, but uh, Homecoming rather. And so this is the return to his solo film, the second in his own uh, dedicated franchise, but the fourth or fifth <laughs> somewhere in there. I mean, he's a known entity now. Marvel has... You know they've they've done the good work here of finding a Peter Parker and Tom Holland that is the the most perfect Peter Parker, most perfect Spider Man that I think we've seen. Uh, with no disrespect to Andrew Garfield or Tobey Maguire for our commentary on the transition, you know check check back to our our uh, Homecoming review. But we want to dive into this review right here, man. Let, let's start off with Peter. What were you thinking about Peter, man? You uh you digging his journey here as, as kind of the, the Iron Man apprentice or, or are they, they doubling down a little bit too hard there? Well, I mean, there, there, there was a lot of that at the beginning and I was kind of like, well, I don't, I don't want Iron Spider to be a thing. You know, I want Peter Parker to mm. be Spider-Man. That, that's, that's what I wanted. And I, I feel like the movie kind of handled that really well uh, at, at the end, you know, cause like he gets this whole, um, the, the, the Edith glasses and he's like, you know, the, the, uh, McFury was like, the world needs another Tony Stark. And by the end of it, though, like he's building his own suit and, you know, he takes the youth glasses off. We don't really know what they, what he does with them uh, in the end. But I, I feel like that was sort of a symbolic kind of gesture where he was like, I'm going to be my own hero because I, I, that's, I think maybe, maybe he's thinking that's what Tony Stark really wanted him to do was to be his own hero. Right. Um, and so I, it's kind of like, you know, there's less of this iron spider thing and more Spider-Man at the end of this film. I felt it's difficult. Cause I mean, you know, it's hard to know what Tony wanted, but you know, my biggest criticism, I think of just the way that, you know, that Marvel has handled Spider-Man. I, I, I love, again, the actors, a great actor, the storylines and, and the kind of the youthful element. It has been needed in the MCU. And so I think that that works really well, but kind of setting Peter up, as they did, and as we continue to see, it's kind of almost like the Nightwing to to like Iron Man's 
Batman. Does yeah. that make sense? No, no, no. I, I see exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And that, that's, that kind of is what, is what it's been feeling like up yeah. until the end of this movie. Well, and I mean, you think about it. I mean, like, you know, if it, it's not a, it, you know, he's not the next Iron Man. And I did not like the use of that terminology. I can understand it from the context of the world in which they live. I mean, this is the natural progression. This movie makes sense for exactly where it falls in the MCU. Uh, it makes sense in terms of, you know, the Peter Tony relationship. That's always been at the heart of this particular Peter Parker. Like that has always been at the heart of this franchise. Um, and so, you know, even after the great ending of Avengers Endgame, you know, this is very much kind of that, um, what do you call it, man? Like the, you know, the, the story has been told, but there's a little epilogue type of experience. This, this kind of feels like an epilogue to what has been the, the MCU thus far. Uh, what does this movie? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can see that. And it's interesting, though, going back to what you were saying about, you know, you didn't like the terminology of the next Iron Man and whatnot, but it does, act, you know, it fits right in, in the current MCU as it is. And I, I think that's a lot of issues maybe that some people have been having with with the Marvel Spider-Man, because if you haven't read the comics and you're just familiar with the movies, nothing like there, there'd be no cognitive dissonance there, right? You'd just be like, yeah, sure. You know, mm. he's 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 uh, he's Iron Man's ward or whatever. You know, they, they even make that joke in uh, in Infinity War. Um, but, um, it's, <laughs> right. but, but for comic book fans, like diehard comic book fans, people, kids, you know, who grew up with Spider-Man via the comics or, you know, the animated series or whatever, you know, you, you kind of have these expectations and, um, and, and that's been, that's been the big thing to me is to kind of separate that because mm. as it is now, the MCU is, is, is they've kind of taken their own route from the comics. The comics provide inspiration and sometimes they provide like direct sort of story elements and things, but they're two separate distinct entities. And so we got to keep that in mind. Um, yeah. And, and so, yeah, I mean, that that's good. That's, that's an important distinction. And I mean, you know, the, the, you could argue that the take the kind of the comic book basis for this relationship came out of the comic book series, civil war, because yeah. around that period of time, uh, even before the civil war began, uh, Peter was actually working for Stark Industries and he was actually living in a tower that was, you know, him and Mary Jane had moved into a, a tower that was owned by Tony. And, you know, he even had this nickname for him. He was always calling him boss and he was following him around everywhere. And, you know, in many respects, the goal with that kind of establishment or furthering of their relationship, I mean, they had known each other prior, but, you know, to really kind of tie these two together was because of what was going to occur in Civil War, which for those unfamiliar with the the comic book version, Peter is actually unmasked. He, he makes the choice to reveal his identity to the world uh, and side with Tony Stark, who was kind of pro-registration, pro-public heroes, that, that sort of thing. Um, and so, you know, our heroes going public, I should say. And so, you know, it, it's interesting to me that we still to this day continue to pull so heavily from that era of Peter's life. Again, it makes sense with what they what they established, but even little things that was going on then say, you know, the fact that people were scrolls at the time or say, you know, the mass unmasking of Spider-Man. And I, I know that's all. We can't jump straight to that, even though everybody wants to just jump straight to that. I mean, there's a lot going on in this movie we need to address because it was a fun movie. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. It was a lot of fun. What did you think about the MJ dynamic with Peter? Like, what, what did you think about their relationship? Do you think it did it feel rushed, forced, or, or did they have good chemistry? What was your thoughts there? <laughs> they had perfect like high school kid <laughs> chemistry, I felt. You know, it was like they're both 
kind of they like each other but you know she's this sort of uh uh distant kind of like i'm too cool to have a crush or at least you know that's how she thinks about herself kind of like you know she's dark and like has this weird sense of humor and peter's just a big nerd and so you know i speak from experience about having crushes when you're a nerd uh (laughs) and and yeah so I, i i felt it was i felt it was pretty organic i felt it worked i think they have chemistry um and it, it, the you know I'm, I was really glad that the little kiss that they had there at the end was like your perfect kind of like you know high school kiss it wasn't this like you know romantic sort of like you know adult kiss quote unquote it was it, it was it was it was good and I, felt, I thought it felt really appropriate and uh i do think they have good chemistry yeah man they and they sell this they sell this like high school relationship like you said and it, it works really well i would argue man uh zendaya's uh, uh mj is one of the best portrayals or at least one of the most well-rounded portrayals of mj that we've ever had uh be it on film or even in the cartoons like you know th- if you think back to uh you know with, with no disrespect to kirsten dunst but if you think about like her what she was given to work with with that take on mary jane uh, it was it was kind of shallow there wasn't a whole lot going on there she wanted to be an actress and then she wanted to be an actress and then she became an actress and then she wanted to be not an actress you know what i mean like it was it was that was her one kind of driving factor here but yeah. now because i think high school has kind of this uh you know th- there's this great equalizing factor there right like everybody understands the trials of trying to find you know self identity in high school and and the various ways that may come out, be it, you know, being the nerd, trying to be the, the, the lover boy. We'll talk about uh, the, the fly by night relationship that occurred in the background here in a second. <laughs> uh, or, you know, trying to kind of push everybody away or act like you knew everything. Like that's one thing I love about this MJ is she's always acting like, you know, she, she knows everything like, Oh yeah. Like she's too cool for school. Like she's that kid. Yeah. And then when she, when the, the revelation comes that he actually is spider man and she freaks out because she didn't actually, know as much as she was letting on that she knew (laughs) (laughs) like i was like oh my gosh that's perfect like like how amazing that we actually get to see some inner workings of this character that you don't typically get to see inner workings of yeah i thought that was a a great little addition there because you know it, it was it was a lot about how she was reacting to her feelings about peter and the fact that he was like yes i am spider-man she was like i i was just kind of saying that because i was afraid of how i felt and telling you that and you know <laughs> it was it was cool like yeah you're, you're you're right about you know kirsten dunce they didn't give her a lot with the character but it feels like they've given zendaya a lot and she does a really good job with what with with what she has been given and uh so yeah i'm, I'm really looking forward to see where this is going to go um and and hopefully we will I mean, we don't really know anything about what's what's coming next down the road, but uh, it'll it'll be nice to see some kind of, uh, you know, blooming relationship there. Oh, there'll be speculation here, my friend. Uh, but yeah, first, okay. So, like I said, fly by night relationship. Ned takes, you know, he he keep he says he's the guy in the chair, but no, man, he's he's the guy in uh, having a a good C plot going on <laughs> back yeah. in the background as he and Betty get hot and heavy real fast and then burn out by the time the movie's done. Uh, a great nod, by the way, to their comic book counterparts having a relationship, uh, you know, and, and not not necessarily a very successful relationship in the comics. So it's kind of 
interesting to see that work itself out in this particular interpretation of the universe. What'd you think about uh, Ned and Betty, man? Were you, were you shipping them hard or uh, <laughs> did you care? That No, that was hilarious to me because that was like me on church trips when I was a kid. <laughs> that was like every kid. I guess so. I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really was everybody. Yeah. yeah you, you get on, you can go on those trips and you fall, you know, madly deeply in love. And then by the end of it, you're kind of like, eh, eh, whatever. <laughs> let's, right. let's be friends. Like the, 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 you know, the allure of it and the, you know, you're in a different setting and all that just kind of wears off as soon as you get home and you're just like, eh, all right, cool. <laughs> yeah, man. Look, those three hour plus bus trips, you know, a lot, lot, lot can happen in the three hours of those bus trips, oh, yeah. man. Oh yeah. Lots. Hearts are, uh, hearts are broken or, uh, or mended or, uh, love, love is born or, or dies on those bus trips. <laughs> you know that again, yeah. that's another thing that I feel like is fairly universal that, you know, maybe not everybody got the chance to like, you know, fly internationally when they were kids or anything like that, but everybody had those like high school field trips where all of a sudden like, oh, who so-and-so is talking to so-and-so. Oh, are they da- like, are they going out? Are they going out? You know? So I think that like, again, that equalizing factor, the fact that so many people can kind of identify with those experiences that you can just enjoy this high schooly young uh, film uh, at no matter what age you are. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. The only thing that was lacking with their relationship was like, you know, people whispering about them and stuff like that. And then, uh, you know, everybody claps when they ask each other out. Did you ever have one of those right. moments when like, yeah, everybody's been whipping, yeah, like yeah. you finally ask a girl out and everybody's like, Ooh, and it's super embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the rest of the class was kind of sick, sick of them, babe. Oh yeah. Uh, by the sure. end <laughs> You're so wise. Uh, you know what? <laughs> Let's uh let's wrap up this uh let's let's kind of uh, round out rather the the relationship talk by talking about the uh, the summer fling slash uh uh true love that uh, Happy Hogan and Aunt May experienced on this uh again I guess that would be a D plot a uh, lot going on in this movie yeah so did you ship them ah uh, yeah I think you know I think that'd be kind of neat. I mean, you know, Happy Hogan's way out of uh, May's league. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, think, think, think a little bit uh, swap it around there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I thought it was cute. Uh, I, I like Happy Hogan. I think I think he's kind of like uh, he he brings a, a nice, interesting sort of balance to Peter, I think. And I, I think that relationship's going to. Uh, I, I, that's the thing is like, I don't know with, with how it ended, you know, with, with May being like, eh, whatever. And how happy being like, you know, Oh yeah, we're, we're dating. And, and I don't know where they're going to go with it. But oh, I think we saw it. I think it's, it's just like Ned and Betty. Like it's over. Like no, nothing's happening. But happy. There. Happy was like, yeah, we're dating. And, and May was like, no, nah, we're just bell bell. Funny thing with happens when you're into a girl, but she's not that into you. It doesn't go anywhere, man. Yeah, I know. It, it just, I know. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, but I don't think you do, man. Like it, you, you need to, you need to, you know, pump the brakes. You need to, to what I'm saying know. is, is I'm curious as to whether or not they're going to explore that any further or if that was just whatever. Mm. That's, that's what I'm, what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. I, I, like, are they, are they going to, to go into happy being into her and may not being into him? Or is it, was that little bit at the end, the end of it? Hmm. That's, yeah, that's I, what I, I, my money's on. That's the end of it. My money's on. That's the end of. It. I think, you know, and you know, there's there's a lot to speculate on here, but but I'll just put put this comment out before we dive too deeply into it. Uh, you know, I, I think that when it comes to Spider-Man three, uh, whatever the 
you know, Spider-Man can't go home. Spider-Man uh, homeless. Spider-Man. Spider-Man homeless. Yes, that's got to be it. Something, something of that nature. Um, no home for old Spider-Man or you know, whatever <laughs> it may be. But, uh, you know, I, I think that it's going to be a much more Spidey focused film that's going to have much less Iron Man. And I, I think that's really a directive. You know, it worked here because we were dealing with the fallout of, of Endgame. But and this was the this was the definitive conclusion of phase three. Uh, you know, if anything, the the post credits are kind of like the beginning of phase four. But but the movie as a whole is really the the end of phase three. And so for phase four to be successful, they need to not lean too heavily on much that's come before at all. I agree. No Tachari, no incident. Uh, you know, I mean, maybe a little bit of well, blip, but I wouldn't even do too much into the whole blip. Really? No, like almost no, no mention of Tony Stark or Iron Man like that. They need to really kind of show that this is a universe that's going to grow beyond what came before. And that's, there's going to be a lot of weight like that's put on the next film. I mean, we are, as, as you and I record, Bell, we are uh, just a day or so away from Comic-Con where Marvel is supposed to go out and kind of announce what they're going to be, going to be, you know, the, basically the future of the MCU. Paul a lot H, of people baby. are anticipating. Yeah. And so a lot, they got a lot riding on what's coming before, but um, yeah, the, my, my guess is, uh, you know, Spider-Man uh, home invasion. Ooh. Ooh. Spider-Man home invasion. Home invasion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That could be good. <laughs> Whatever it is. I could see that. I think I think that um yeah, it's going to be uh, much more spidey focused. So I don't see Happy Hogan playing too uh too heavily into the future. Uh all right, man, we got to talk about Mysterio. Jake Gyllenhaal uh popping into this role. We got ladies and gentlemen, a comic book interpretation. Like like he just popped out of the pages of the comics with the costume, the the way in which his quote-unquote powers work directly from the the cost like from the comics like the the fact that we let me put it this way this is the only time bell in the history of media that we could have gotten a live action mysterio that works because we we didn't have the technology nor an established universe with this kind of tech in common use in which we wouldn't just be like trying to, you know, uh, cast our disbelief here, there, and everywhere in order to make this work. No, man, this Mysterio, for me anyway, was perfect. What are your thoughts on Mysterio? Yeah, absolutely. You know, this was one of those things where I'm sure anyone who's familiar with the comics at all knew it was going to be one of those, quote, twists, um, Mm. where he's, you know, Mysterio's actually a villain. Oh, no, I never saw this coming. But, of course, you know, anyone (laughs) anyone who who has any familiarity with uh, with Spider-Man totally saw it coming. Uh, but that wasn't it wasn't disappointing, you know, like mm. I, I, I was I was one of those who's like excited to see how they were going to do it. You know, um, yeah. knowing beforehand that Mysterio is going to be a villain didn't detract from uh, the reveal or, or anything like that, in my opinion. And uh, it was really neat to see how they tied in his background with, uh, you know, some things that we've seen in the past. Like, like you said, you know, we're in a universe where this technology has been around. And, um, granted they had to remind us about a couple of those things, like with, with the scene where, you know, Tony's, uh, uh, they didn't have to, but I thought it was cool that they did. Yeah. I, 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 I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have really remembered that little bit. I mean, you know, when I watched the movie, uh, when I watched uh, civil war, I was like, that's going to come in at some point. I just, you know, I wonder mm. where it's going to happen. And then I just completely forgot about it right after that. And, um, because we never saw it 
in, you know, Infinity War or, or right. anything like that. <laughs> and, and back when you were watching Iron Man and, uh, you know, Jeff Bridges was yelling at that one bald dude, you were like, oh, this guy's coming back. <laughs> right, right. It's like everybody <laughs> thought that. Everybody was like, yeah, that scientist yeah, like, guy. Oh, I bet they're going to book in the universe with this dude right here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. For sure. Like, I just Whoever knew had their money riding on that guy's plot line playing in at this stage in the game, you just made all the money. Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who had the $1, you know, $10 billion to one that this right. guy will ever be anything important whatsoever. But yeah, like, I, dude. like I, it, it was, it was neat to see those throwbacks, right? Like that, that was super interesting to me. And that, that's what I was looking for was like how they're going to make this believable, how they're going to make this work. And, and they did, and they, they did a really good job with it. Like the, the, you know, they introduced the drones earlier mm. uh, with mm-hmm. Edith. And cause that was something that we hadn't really, uh, we hadn't really seen before the, the, the projector hologram technology was there. Um, the, the drone, but not mobile, but not mobile. Uh, and then we got the drones, uh, they came in and, uh, uh, sort of filled in that gap and the, the people's places and, you know, things were all there and it was really neat to see those throwbacks to the people from, uh, you know, the, like hell from Iron Man, the first MCU movie, that was just a deep cut that was really neat. And, uh, so I, I, you know, I, I wasn't like you know, oh, of course, Mysterio is going to be the bad guy. You know, I was more curious as to how they're going to do it. And I thought they did a great job with it. And so that was, uh, and, 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 and Gyllenhaal, Gyllenhaal, and I thought Gyllenhaal did a great job. Like it, it was, there were a couple times where I, I thought he was, he seemed kind of one dimensional, uh, like when he was monologuing, uh, at his, at his grand reveal and, right. uh, <laughs> he seemed kind of like, angry and off hinged but every time that he was talking to peter as mysterio and, and that was the thing is like when he was talking to peter before his reveal uh it, it i couldn't tell and that's what was kind of getting me is like is, is he is he playing in like an act like what's the real mysterio is the real mysterio this angry guy who's like you know super mad at tony and uh uh off hinged or is the real one, you know, the don't ever be ashamed of being the smartest person in the room. The, you know, one who really is endearing towards Peter Parker. And I feel like it's kind of a mix of both. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I, I kind it, the way in which his team was wrapped around him, like it was like a film set, you know? Yeah. Like, fantastic. And so it does make me wonder though, the mocap suit. That yes. was awesome. That was so good. And dude, the fishbowl made sense. I know. They figured out a way to make the fish freaking bowl make sense. Oh and my you, gosh. I don't know if you've seen this, man, because Marvel put out a video where they kind of showed some behind the scenes where they were uh, uh, the concept artist. I think he, he worked all the way back on the original Iron Man, was putting together some various ways they could do Mysterio. And at one point, his, his helmet was going to look very much like... Um, I don't know if you've seen the Palpatine robot from uh, Battlestar or Battlefront Two, but like something where like the dome was very much kind of shaped like a like a head, like an actual human, you know, head. And then they were like, you know what? <sighs> Ditko got this right. At, like in the beginning, like, yeah, like, we just need to go full on fishbowl, and it worked. They made it work. It made me so happy, man. I'd have been disappointed had they not done the fishbowl. Oh, big time! Yeah, I mean, any any of the concept art they showed, well interestingly and you know interesting enough for a perhaps a different villain uh does not feel like mysterio but this was like just straight up mysterio and it worked great yeah um but you know because he had such a a like a, a film crew working around him everybody was working as a film crew it was almost kind of odd that these are all product development people and not media people <laughs> you know yeah um 
and so that was kind of interesting, but I feel like the the media aspect, the film aspect speaks more to the comic interpretation of the character and his origins. Uh, and so everybody was kind of, you know, almost kind of forced into that role. But the guy that was writing the script very well could have been writing even what he was saying to Peter at the time. Like, yeah, okay, you're going to go in here. Here's your motivation. These are what you need to make sure you're telling him. Because Gyllenhaal's Mysterio is not an actor. He's a he's a product manager. He's a he's a product developer. He's yeah. not a uh, not somebody who can slip back and forth into character. At least not without the extreme help of a lot of people around him. But they showed that man. It worked. Let me let me add this too because I love it. Uh, you know, I, I went in as we all did with the suspicion that the monsters were likely some kind of. Uh, hoax or, or some sort of, um, you know, mirage. And of course, you know, that ends up being the case. The biggest clue to me, or at least the first big clue came during the battle with the fire guy. Uh, and at some point during that battle, I want to say that Mysterio's laser like slices down into a car, but leaves the damage as if the car was shot with bullets, uh, which is kind of like a, a hint it's, it's- that in fact... Yeah, it's neat that you mentioned that, and and uh, this this was uh, something that I because uh, there are several things, uh, especially re- um, revolving around the, uh, the the coda at the end that we'll we'll get to. Yeah. Um, but one of these articles I was reading, like they were talking to um, the the director and the screenwriter, and they were saying, yeah, like this this is one of those movies where rewatching it is gonna is gonna be awesome for you because once you've seen mm. everything, we put mm-hmm. stuff in there from the get go that if you were if you were observant like let, let's say you didn't know who mysterio was but if you were observant and you saw stuff you you pick up immediately that something was off wow yeah and and so like those are the, like i cannot wait for this to come out on or hell i might just go see it in the theaters again but uh <laughs> like you know i, I want to be able to pause and 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 you know go frame by frame and stuff like that to find all these little right. cookies because they're supposed to be all over the place like bullet holes cutting cars in half um uh you know various it, even even lines of dialogue that are uh yeah i that's going to be fun to start carving into yeah um although it is interesting to me i you know i thought about the fact that you know the backstory with the multiverse he mentioned 616 and that even though you know the the backstory is all you know it, it's all hogwash it's all <laughs> it's not true the 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 universe being referred to as the 616 universe is this is not the first time that's happened in the MCU. The MCU has had a reference to itself as the Marvel 616 universe or as the 616 Earth in the multiverse before. Really? Yes. Go all the way back to the the movie that everybody seems to have like universally agreed upon that's the worst MCU film, which of course is... The Incredible Hulk? Uh, no, that's the one that the that everybody seems to write off as if it's not part of the MCU. <laughs> okay, uh, okay. So, I, so these are two separate distinctions: the worst and the one that everyone forgets is in it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, those are very two different things. I thought I was like fifty fifty. He's going to say Incredible Hulk. No, the other one, Iron Man two. No, no, Dark World, man. Oh, Thor: The Dark World. Eh, yeah, yeah. Iron Man 2 was better than Thor the Dark World. I did not hate Thor the Dark World, by the way. I feel like I gave it a pretty good review. I thought it, they did some cool stuff. I didn't with hate that, it. I just didn't th- I, I mean, I mean the, the, the internet seems to hate it. Therefore, we all hate it. That's That seems to yes, be Yes, this, this is true. Yeah, it is definitely uh, the, the... Yeah, I would say it's gotten the most hate. But then again, that's because people forget about The Incredible Hulk. 
but I like the Incredible Hulk. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, that's not a bad movie. That's, I mean, that's a, that's a fine film, but no, Thor, I don't know why they don't like it, but here's the deal. In that movie, when, um, professors Strogenhaven, Strogen, Strogendoss, Eric, what, uh, what's the guy's name? Eric Selvig. At Selvig. That's the one. Uh, when he's going crazy and he's like running around naked, you remember that? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's Stonehenge. Right. So he's at one point writing stuff on a board, like on a whiteboard. And uh, he has basically kind of this, you know, it's the it's the whole like depiction of the the universe and the multiverse. And then he's got, you know, Earth 616 written right up there on the whiteboard. And so in my own personal headcanon, I feel like whoever the writer was that came up with this backstory probably saw some sort of internet ramblings about, you know, uh, Salvik's uh, <laughs> whiteboard and kind of built it around that. Oh, yeah, that's possible. Also, yeah. it's it could be that, uh, you know, Selvig isn't the only one cursed with knowledge. And uh, <laughs> there is a multiverse. And dun, dun, dun. Yeah, no, no. I, I, that, that, here's, yeah, here's a question to you, Bo. Do you think that there is a multiverse in the MCU. I, I hope not. Me too. Um, because, and uh, well, it, I think we could start going ahead and getting into this kind of stuff now. Did we, did we talk about, we talked about uh, Mysterio. We talked about the kids. We talked about, well, we didn't really uh, talk about, I don't know, Peter, did we? Yeah, we talked about Peter. He was the first one we talked about. But we didn't talk about yeah. how, you know, his powers were going away. And, and, you know, that, that's also a trope that they use a lot in the comics. Yeah. And this time it wasn't like because he was sad, uh, like it was in the Raimi Spider-Man movies. Um, in fact, they don't really, I guess it was stress. Maybe that's why his, his Peter Tingle wasn't working. Look, all, <laughs> the only reason I'm, I'm, I'm segueing into this is because I wanted to use Peter Tingle in this podcast. <laughs> you wanted to get your Peter Tingle on. Uh, yeah, no. What did you think about the fact that, I mean, is this kind of like a, tr- like almost kind of trolling us like in, in, in a good hearted trolling kind of like, you know, they never made reference to the spider sense in the first movie and they got some flack for it. And then of course we, we see it in infinity war uh, in, in use. And so when we finally get back to Spider-Man, we're not even going to call it the spider sense. We're going to call it the Peter Tingle. I mean, maybe, but it's one of those things that I think is important in this particular story, because like with this, with, with the Peter Tingle, I almost called it spider sense for some weird reason. Why would I call it that? Uh, strange. Uh, yeah. So, so with the Peter Tingle though, he would immediately be able to tell that there's something off about all these illusions, but so that's why it's important that it's, that it's not working. Right. Because I mean, wouldn't that sort right. of just break the whole illusion? Um, so that was kind of interesting and it's kind of weird to me that they didn't all they did was just have may throw a banana at him like i I figured they might spend just a a little bit more time to kind of show how this is impacting him as spider-man uh to make him Mm. less capable but uh yeah that was that was kind of that was kind of odd to me i guess um well so you run the risk of doing spider-man 2 over again true you know that was such a major plot line in spider-man 2 and especially with this being the sequel to this iteration of Spider-Man, you don't want to lean in too hard. And I think, you know, you've already kind of given them the, well, maybe it's stress. Like, I, I feel like the audience is walking out with, well, maybe it's stress. Maybe, you know, uh, it could be a side effect of, you know, being reatomized five years later. Who knows? But it doesn't necessarily matter. Yes. It would have been a tighter story if there was more explanation as to why it was going on and why it would come back. But as you mentioned, they just needed it to not work for him to fight Mysterio. And I'm kind of fine giving him a mulligan. Yeah, I I, I mean, it, it, it didn't bother me as much. Like, I wasn't in there going, like, wouldn't Spider-Sense, like, he'd be able to tell. It's like, oh, well, I guess it doesn't work. But, like, why doesn't it work? And, 
I was just, yeah, I, I, you know, I kind of hand waved it away. And a lot of times I criticize movies when I have to hand wave stuff away. Um, but it was one of those where it, it didn't seem to bother me as much. And, and I know maybe that's, maybe that's, cause I, I've seen a lot of stuff on Twitter about like a lot of Spider-Man quote purists didn't like this movie. In fact, they hated it. Um, really? Yeah. I, I seen, I've seen some chatter about that. And so I, I'm assuming maybe it's because of this, because this, you know, this sort of ignoring of, of spider sense, and maybe they, they feel that that's quintessential, you know, about Spider-Man and you can't just ignore that. Well, yeah. I mean, it gets back to what we were saying before. This this interpretation of Peter Parker is an MCU yes. interpretation of Peter Parker. He is much more defined by his relationship with Iron Man. Uncle Ben is never actually mentioned anywhere. Which is another thing uh, they yeah, we about. have not heard the words Spider-Sense, um, you know, his entire uh class dynamics and relationships everybody's age is off you know yeah. like nothing is like the comics except for his Peter you know thing. well no well, i was gonna say that <laughs> the spirit of the character right like right. like this kid is the spirit of the character that we read growing up that 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 was peter parker that is a modern interpretation of the spirit of what that character is and and it makes a lot more sense yeah you know the the fact of the matter is if you're going to tell them you can't tell a modern interpretation of peter parker like in a verbatim way that the original concept of peter parker was because this dynamic between jocks versus geeks doesn't really exist in the modern context you know, we live in the information age, like the internet has completely shaked things up. You know, even, even what, what, like, honestly, superheroes are more pop culture than the NFL. You know what I mean? Like the, the, the entire framework or the understanding of what popular culture is or what kind of uh, the culture children are being brought up into is completely different. And so, yeah, like this makes absolute sense for a, both a, a modern interpretation of Spider-Man and B, a Spider-Man specifically entering into a pre-established, you know, Iron Man to end game MCU. Yeah. And I, I think that's exactly why it didn't bother me and why I was able to hand wave everything away because ultimately yeah. that was my realization. And that was my takeaway is that this is the MCU Spider-Man. The MCU is this solid, very well-defined universe. And uh, within that universe, this Spider-Man works and makes sense. If I want to yes. try and, and inject stuff from outside this universe, from the comics and say, oh, well, that's stupid because in the comics, X, Y, Z happened or in the comics, this happened. This isn't the comics. And, and so ultimately, that's what this is. It, it's, it's Spider-Man in the MCU isn't the comics. It's adapted from the comics. And like you said, I think Tom Holland and, 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 and uh, the writers of these films have just grasped the essence and the spirit of Spider-Man and they've done an excellent job with it. And so ultimately, like those kinds of things where, you know, if you are a big fan of the comics that would grate against you, don't grate against me because I'm able to distinguish yeah. that. And, and I don't know, it just, yeah. Well, you're able to interpret it for what it is. But let me tell you this. I have a feeling that the final Spider-Man, the Spider-Man 3 is going to be much more like the comic book Spider-Man from a couple of different angles. And I think that we're going to see a, a definitive conclusion to Spider-Man in that. I think we're going to get Spidey sense. I think it's going to be important to establish Spidey sense, spider sense, because uh, Miles Morales is going to become Spider-Man in the future. I guarantee it. I'd put money on it. He's going to be the MCU Spider-Man. I hope, yeah, like I hope that this years. whole, well, I know, 
No, man. Miles Morales is probably five years older than he was, you know, <laughs> like uh, that's true. a couple blip, weeks ago. The blip kind of kind of messed that up. Yeah, not messed it up. Maybe made it really, really nice for a passing of the torch. Because here's what I believe, man. I think what we're going to end up seeing in the in the coming Spider-Man movie, after especially what happened at the end of this film, with Spider-Man now unmasked and the public turning against him, like there's there are ways to come back from that. I don't want to say that there's not. But I think they've set it up beautifully for him to die in Spider-Man 3. I've been saying since the beginning, since this character was first introduced and, and got his own film, I was like, this is a, this is a Peter Parker they can kill. And I, I, I say that with a kind of a cringe in my gut. You have to understand, Spider-Man growing up, he was my hero. He was my hero. It's so like, you know, and I've already seen so many of my heroes die in the <laughs> last few years here. Uh, not in game, notwithstanding. I mean, we, we saw, you know, Professor Xavier and freaking Wolverine and Luke Skywalker and like all of my heroes growing up are all, I'm, I'm watching them die. I'm, I'm having a whole existential crisis in the last few years you know, yeah. from, uh, from all of this. But here's the deal, man. They can give this kid, they can give this Peter Parker an ultimate style death setting up a new Spider-Man. Miles is having a big moment right now in pop culture. And this is a great time to do that kind of handoff and do it in a really, really uh, fantastic way. Because, I mean, dude, the Spider-Verse did the work. People now know who Miles Morales is. But more importantly than that, I have always said, that Miles does not have to be from another universe. Miles can be from our universe. And don't even start tweeting me. I know about the comic book. I know about there's a 616 version of him. And I don't like how the comic books handle that. He doesn't have like, what I'm saying is the ultimate version of Miles Morales doesn't have to exist in a separate universe. He can exist in the same universe as the main Peter Parker and be, you know, he can be the flash to his flash. You know what I mean? If, if they're setting up Peter as the Nightwing, to, to Iron Man's Batman. Well, no, like Miles can be the flash to Peter's flash. And this is flash. This is going on the flash TV talk feed. So, so y'all know, like, <laughs> like y'all know what I mean by that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, so yes, I know you, you, you've been wanting Miles Morales for a long time and I was super happy with what we got in into the spider verse. And I want that to be my Miles Morales. I want them to expand on that universe and do that there. Cause the fact of the matter is, is this movie made six, they can do both. This movie made $603 million in a week. They're not going to, yeah. they're not going to kill Tom Holland. Yeah, they no, are. They're not. They, they, but they are though. I guarantee you they're not. Maybe not tomorrow, maybe not after breakfast, but I think they are going to, I think they are going to kill him. Man. No, no, don't get me wrong. They, you can, you can hold it. You know, they, there can be, um, you know, maybe, maybe they, they stretch it out a little bit. Uh, you know, he, he needs to set up maybe the young Avengers or something of that nature. But, if they kill him, it's you know, not going to be until uh, like 10 years from now, like, like in the end of this next phase of movies. Hmm. Well, I mean, that would make sense if he is supposed to be, you know, the heart of the new, uh, the, the new future of the MCU. But I don't know, man. I'm just saying if they wanted to, they could like, and it would work. Well, sure. I mean, they could do anything, impact. but like, yeah, I just don't think they will. Uh, no. I would love to see a live action uh, Miles Morales as well. Um, but it's, it's not happening anytime soon. It's been a st- they set it up because freaking because the, the the prowler he was he was anyway. All right, so here's the thing. We we we've, we've skirted around this. <laughs> How I right, was it spoiled for you? Uh, let's talk about let's talk about we are farmers. Dum 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 dum. No. J.K. Simmons. 
It was not Coming spoiled back. for me. In fact, oh, what was crazy about it was is I'd be I was sitting there going into the theater, going like, how how crazy would it be if like J.K. Simmons showed up in this movie? Did you really? Yeah. Did you really? Yeah, yeah. I was Dude. like, I was like, it'd be so cool if J.K. Simmons showed up in this movie, like like just a bit part or like a cameo or whatever. Like, he, there's no way he's gonna get to play Jenna, uh, you know, J.J. And I was like, oh, oh my god, he's J.J. <laughs> and it's Alex Jones, J.J. This is amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, just absolutely fantastic. Again, perfect for this this uh, you know for a modern take on the character, but more importantly, like the cojones it takes to cast the same actor in another universe interpretation of the character where nobody else is the same. You know what I mean? Like that's a bold decision. And again, it kind I mean, you know, they threw it in at the tail end. It's, it's at, it's out of Dakota. So it, you know, it's, it's not, it's not a high risk situation, but I will still argue that that's a bold move. You know what? That I think, I'm going well, di- to disagree with you. I'm going to say that's not a bold move. I'm going to say that's the safest move possible because there's no other person on this planet, alive or dead, that could play J. Jonah Jameson as well as J.K. Simmons. When has that ever happened that you have seen a reboot of a franchise where a beloved time. actor? No, no. Th- tell me when. Tell me when. Like I, I, I've got one that's close, but I don't. But even that, I'm going to. I would argue otherwise, and I'm not even going to say what it is. When? When does that happen? I'd have to look and see. Well, for the, the Flash. John Wesley Ship being cast. Yeah, but he wasn't cast as, but no, I guess he was, but that was a multiverse. That, that's, that's totally different. That is totally different. No, that, but actually let's use that. Let's use JWS. Cause I think that's a good example. So typically what you get is the actor coming in to play a, uh, a legacy type role of, you know, so they didn't bring him in to be Barry Allen. Cause obviously they already had their Barry, Barry Allen. They, they brought him in to be his dad well, I guess, and then I guess they there's tweaked a it and made there. him into Jay Garrick. Yeah. Cause so what? it's not the same exact same character. It's just the same actors coming in to play different roles. I guess. Right. I guess they yeah. do that all the yeah. time. I'm saying what this is, is they actually brought in the same actor to play the same character <laughs> and that never happens. In a when it's a definitive re, in a in a definitive reboot reboot kind of way, and the reason I say it's bold, Bell, is because if this pays off, and as we've already seen that it already has, everybody loves this decision. Nobody's complaining about it. Nobody's confused. And if you are confused, just keep it to yourself. Because honestly, I think this establishes what I hope DC can take away from whenever they're ready to reboot or start again. Like, no, you can re you can reuse some of the actors. You can use what was working. You know what I mean? And you can re uh, you can reboot, you can have a new universe, but don't don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Well, who who would you say to keep from the DC uh EU? Uh I think uh what we just got with um Captain Marvel, man. <laughs> well, okay, so so <laughs> I, I believe I said this on my cat on our Captain Marvel review. Um I'm sorry, Shazam, Shazam, Shazam. Well, Shazam, Captain Marvel. Yeah, I yeah. Sorry, but yeah, 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 it's our it's our generation is Captain Marvel. It's a whole thing, but yeah, yeah. yeah I, I I think I said this in our in our Shazam review, but I kind of like I I wish in my in my heart of hearts that Shazam was a quiet reboot of the DCEU. <laughs> like, Dude, that would be great. They, would be. I wish they had done that too. It would be great because we already know who Batman is. We already know who Superman is. You start with this dude that nobody knows about Shazam. People don't even know his real name. You know, Captain Marvel, Shazam and blah, 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 you know, all that stuff going on. And 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 you just introduce that there's a Batman, you introduce it a suit that there's a Superman, that there's a larger universe of heroes out here and you tell a fun, creative story with it. And like, it was wonderful. And like, I so wish, I so wish that, that Shazam 
is just going to be end up being like a, a silent reboot of uh, and, and keep Wonder Woman. I don't even care. Keep Wonder Woman. Like, but that's what I'm saying. Okay, so let's say they did that. Let's say they actually did a Shazam, but they but they kept uh, uh, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. You could you could gave keep her Cavill. You could keep Batfleck. I don't care. Just change the tone of the movies. They're comic book movies. Exactly. It's supposed to be fun. Uh, you know, don't make Superman murder people all the time. Uh, <laughs> we're getting we're getting way too much DC too deep in the Spider Man review. Uh, before we go too too far off that end, man. We the other the other big reveal, of course, at the very tail end. Uh, uh, this entire time that we've been dealing with Nick Fury as a scroll, and not just Nick Fury, but Maria Hill, and, and whether or not Maria Hill even exists is a whole other question. But one of the things I thought early on in this movie was how Nick mentioned, you know, I've I, I got I've been off the earth. I used to know everything, and now I don't know anything. It's been five years. I thought, you know what? That actually is a really good excuse for Nick Fury to make so many mistakes here because I was sitting there thinking that's BS. There's something going on here. <laughs> okay. Well then you were, you were far, far more advanced than I was catching that because <laughs> I was having, I, I was like, I was like, okay. Cause I was, I was like, Nick Fury doesn't call people on the phone. I was like, what is going on? I was like, that's so weird. I was like, <laughs> Nick good, Fury yeah. just shows up or, or, or you show up in front of him. You know, it, it's like, right. like that's how this works. Like the whole like hotel scene. I was like, when he finally showed up there, I was like, okay, okay something's a little bit right about Nick Fury now, but I was like, what? No, Nick Fury doesn't call people on the cell phone. Right. Yeah. And, 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 uh, and like then him saying he doesn't know anything. I was like, no, the first thing that he did when he unsnapped was get his information network up, you know? And I was like, right, I was like, right. that's, that's kind of weird. I was like, there's something off about this. And that was, that was such a great surprise. I was like, Oh, everything makes perfect sense. Again, it's one of those things. I want to go back and watch everything. Cause apparently mm-hmm. the interactions between Fury and Maria Hill, like she calls him Nick. Nobody calls him Nick. That was one of the things from, uh, from captain Marvel, uh, how he could tell a scroll was a scroll. Right. And, uh, right. Yeah, it was perfect and it was so good and it worked so well because I was like getting unsnapped really messed up Nick Fury. I, I was kind of disappointed in Nick Fury up until that point. And then it okay, made so, sense. So, yeah, I, I hear that, man. And you're right. Cause like it did, it solidified it for me too. Like I, again, I, I, I was going to give it to him. I thought, I was like, okay, that kind of makes some sense. I'm, I'm feeling this. But no, it, it makes total sense when you're like, well, I don't know what's going on. I can't do that. Yeah. I can't do that voice, but. <laughs> Uh, so here's the next question, Bell. Uh, they've already confirmed that. I mean, at, at this stage in the game, uh, the directors, the writers have confirmed that Nick Fury, the actual human Nick Fury, uh, was in fact at at um, uh, Tony's funeral. So that was actually him. And presumably, the only time that we've actually seen a scroll Fury is in this movie. Yeah. And so he he went to the funeral. Then he took a break up at uh, what we can presume will be the future sword uh, in Tahiti, and uh, <laughs> and just chilling. But uh, but one way or the other, that's that's what's going on there. Now here's the big question, though: Maria Hill has she ever existed? I don't know. Or has she always been a scroll this entire time? See, I think I think with her being a scroll the entire time really gives them a lot of ammo for a secret invasion storyline yes because if they just say no no no, she was she was just maria hill for this movie then that kind of kills that nips it in the bud right there but if it's like no no no, maria hill since the 1990s has been a scroll well then who else has been scrolls exactly we need that man Mm -hmm. because that's the thing like if 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 it was like what made this so exciting was the the questions that came out of this how long has this been going on and you need to have a character 
a secret invasion only works is if we find out that a character, like an actual character that has some weight behind them, uh, has been a scroll this entire time. It can't, it can't be one of the core Avengers. It can't be somebody that's had uh, too much character development because we'd feel robbed from that and all that kind of good stuff. But somebody like Maria Hill with as, as kind of the, the high level that she represents in the MCU, like if she's been a scroll the entire time, that's a big, that's a, that's a, that's a game changer. That's, that's a different way to view the entire universe that does make you ask the question, who else? Yeah. Yeah. No. And I'm hoping that they don't come out and say like, no, it was just for this movie. Like, but they let us at least stew on the thought that maybe it could be, you know, that she never actually like the, the, the concept of a Maria Hill, like is all just a scroll creation. I think that would be really, really interesting. And I don't see the thing is like secret Avengers or secret. Yeah. Secret invasion is going to be yeah. really difficult to do when they kind of change the, the roles of the Kree and scroll. Uh, I hear that. But at the same time, man, you get like a rogue, uh, scroll like or like a radical scroll group. I think that could actually be really, really interesting. They would need to set that up in a movie beforehand as like a plot point, and uh, then do the secret invasion reveal and not do it in the same movie. I feel like because you need to build that kind of up, and uh, uh, you, you can't just be like, oh yeah, because like we, we, we've established that the scrolls like we were misdirected by the Cree that the scrolls were bad, and then we found out right. that they're not. And then I, I think it'd be kind of inappropriate to just sort of, oh yeah, by the way, there's a secret sect of scrolls that are bad and that maybe that's why the Kree decided to eradicate all of them because they're shapeshifters and you can't tell one from the other, whatever, you know, like I, I feel right. like it would kind of cheapen that whole reveal and make that kind of, kind of weird. So it, it had to be some sort of maybe, I see, I don't know, but then I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's going to be difficult, I think. What do you think about sword, man? Uh, sword would be neat, but I don't know if that was sword. That would, that had to have been sword. It's a secret base that Nick Fury is running up in space. That's sword. Yeah, but I I, 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 I need to watch it again to see because I mean, you see some spaceships and stuff flying outside of that. You would think that you'd see that orbiting the Earth. Well, but they, the cloaking technology from aliens, it, it's fine. It's fine. I think that's going to be sword. If, it may not be yet. But I think that's going to be sword, and it'll be interesting if it is because they've already used a lot of these sword, uh, the sword agents in the Agents of Shield television series. So whether or not they recast people or or pull in some of those actors or re, what if it's Hammer? No, well, see, that's the thing, man. I think we're heading for. I think that's where we're heading. I think we're heading for Dark Reign, and I don't know if Secret Invasion actually leads into Dark Reign or one of the, one of the other. Um, but if if they can actually, if if Marvel can pry Norman Osborn from Sony's clutches, man, a dark range. Think about this, man. I think I, I can't. I, we probably already talked about this in Endgame. I can't remember if we had this discussion yet. But you've got all of these new heroes coming in from you know these this new Avengers being set up, right? With with Sam as the new Captain America, with uh uh, uh oh, shoot Valkyrie as kind of the new Thor. You've got. Peter Parker, who, you know, everybody kind of had seen as a hero, but now is being kind of cast as villain. You're about to have all of this public, like, unease of all of a sudden, like, who are these people? Like, like all of a sudden, like, you know, uh, uh, you know, the Avengers were all there. And then all of a sudden, we've got these new faces. And I don't know how I feel about that. And we're going to see a lot of, like, you know, the public turning on heroes and kind of questioning them and ready to kind of establish a more... Um, you know, uh, a face that's a little bit more familiar to them, like a Norman Osborn, 
who gets everybody riled up saying like, we don't know who these people are. These new Avengers, they're not bringing their best. You know, of course, the MCU is going to be like, well, we don't know who you are because <laughs> you've never been in a single MCU film. <laughs> nah, they'll establish him as a wealthy businessman and yada, yada, yada. And so I think I think that they could actually do a very, very good Dark Reign. I think it's a great uh, plot line that they could weave into a lot of these different, especially with the newer heroes coming in as they're trying to find their footing and they're going to deal with a public that's going to be uneasy with the fact that they're wearing the mantle because everybody's been so used to the previous heroes. And I think somebody like a Norman Osborn can come in and capitalize that and establish a new organization. Because, of course, S.H.I.E.L.D. still doesn't exist. I mean, it, it not publicly anyway. I guess it, it does clearly in the background. But, you know, I think, I, think, I think Hammer's coming, man. I do. What if we see Norman Osborn in the next Spider-Man film? I, think, I, hope, man, I hope we do. I think that'd be amazing. Maybe even set him up in the next Spider-Man film. Uh, and then from there he starts building, you know, the, 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 the building blocks of dark rain kind of go there. And I still argue that you can kill Peter and do that. In fact, Norman as kind of the main villain of the MCU had very little to do with Peter Parker, despite the fact the green goblin is kind of the number one Spider-Man villain. Uh, I mean, some would argue doc Ock, but, but you know, it's interesting that when he became, he really became more of an Avengers villain than a Spider-Man villain. And so that you you can have one without the other. But anyway, that's all that with Sandman. Let's get back to this movie. Uh, let's let's kind of wrap it up here. Uh, Spider Man: Far From Home. Out of five, man, what do you think? I think I think it was really good. I, I super enjoyed it. Uh, I'm going to say four point five. Oh, that's really good. I'm going to give it a solid four. I also really enjoyed it. Mysterio, in particular, I thought was a big highlight of this movie. Um, the the only reason why it's not higher is. That I'm just, I've never been a huge fan that it's relied so much on the Iron Man relationship. Again, I get it, but I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant about seeing too much more of that. I wasn't too fond of the fact that that was such a big plot point in this movie. It makes sense. I'm just not a huge fan of it. And also, uh, you know, it, it was a cool concept. It was cool to see Spider-Man and kind of this world trip type deal, but Spider-Man and New York are kind of like one and the same. Like I missed Spidey being in New York City. And so... Uh, as as cool as it was to see him in the place in the various places, and made sense with the story and everything else, I'm really looking forward to Spider Man back in New York, a very specific and direct Spider Man. I think they've set themselves off uh, up for a great third film. Love the relationship between him and MJ. Again, Mysterio, a big highlight of this movie. And uh, man, what, what can you not, what what can't you say about those uh, those in credits uh, yeah. uh, reveals? So Phase Four is going to be amazing, but that's going to do it for us. Uh, so we want to hear what you guys think. Head on over to uh, Facebook and Twitter and all those great places to to send us your thoughts. You can follow me. I'm at the Real Bo York. You can follow Bell at Ring That Bell. I spell my name B E A U. He spells his name B E A L L. We make it complicated because that's the way our parents made us. And you know, there's another great place for you to be able to engage and have these discussions. And I really should have mentioned this at the top of the show, man, but I really wanted to dive in and start talking about the movie. But uh, over at patreon.com slash TV talk, the, uh, you know, there's a lot of great rewards for supporting the show. And right now, in, in my mind, the biggest one is this discord channel that we've set up. I've, I've been really enjoying it. It's kind of become, it's taken the place of me and Bell's like, like text messages each other. Now we're just kind of like going back and forth in the discord with everybody. Uh, and it's, it's just a, it's just a cool way to kind of get together and geek out a little bit. Yeah. It's, it's fun too, because like, I, I just, I don't really like Facebook. I am sorry. I don't, uh, it's, it's hard for me to participate on stuff on Facebook, but I use discord a lot and, and I always have it on my phone and you know, it's fun to engage and chat and like, you know, dump weird memes and, and, you know, 
ask silly questions and and even game with you guys. Like, you know, when I just sit here in my, on my computer, I'm sitting in Discord. I got, I'm going to make some voice channels and everything. If you guys want to play along or, uh, uh, you know, it, it'd just be fun. Kind of like hang out and uh, chat or, or, or talk or, you know, play video games, stuff like that. Should be fun. Yeah, it's a great community that's forming there. Uh, you can join the community as well by becoming our one of our patrons at Just a Buck an Episode. It goes a long way to help support the show, and you get some cool stuff for doing so. Again, that's patreon.com slash TV talk to do it. Big shout out to all our patrons. That's going to do it for us for this week. For me, for Belle, for Belle's mom. Hi, Mom. Spider Belle, Spider Belle. Have a great day.